Hey guys, James Rust here from Marketing Secrets for Electricians and today we're continuing on from the last episode with Tommy Mello and he's sharing with us his story so hopefully you're able to learn and grow and use some of these things we're talking about in your business, get some ideas uh, that you can take away and start growing your business. If you have any further questions that you might want to ask Tommy or something that I may have missed or something that you didn't understand, please feel free to reach out in the Facebook group. Uh, without further ado, here we go. So, here's what I hear a lot. How do normal electricians like us, who are properly trained and licensed, who are not willing to cheat and take shortcuts, and who are wanting to own a successful electrical business, how do we compete against the big guys who own the market share or the guys that charge peanuts for an electrical job? On top of that, we want to employ the best electricians so we can get off the tools and have plenty of time for other areas of life. That's the question. Join me and follow along as we search for the answers. My name is James Rest and welcome to Marketing Secrets for Electricians. How did you get to where you are? So you, in your book covers like you were $50,000 in debt and then you went from that to $30 million, was it? Yeah, in 2018, I think we hit 30. Um, you know, we're flying fast right now. Because one of the things that you got to do is I hired a consultant. His name is Al Levy. Uh, he wrote the book, The Seven Power of Contractors. So question yeah. number seven is about Al. Uh, who should you have on here? I've had a lot of consultants, but Al came in and he said, Tommy, you're so good at generating revenue and marketing. He goes, but your internal systems, your operations – you don't know how to delegate properly. You don't know how to, uh, you don't, your manuals. And a lot of people like frown when they hear manual, like manuals, manual. But the manual is actually the playbook. The manual, it, if I applied this to, to football, which is uh, American football, I would say, here's your list of plays for your offense and defense. Those are your, those are your manuals. And it's how to play the game and how to win the game. And if you don't have them, someone says, well, what's my job? You say, well, just go shadow this guy for a month. Pick up all of his shitty habits. Pick up his good habits. No, you got to teach him. Here's how you get paid. Here's why you get paid. Here's here's what happens if the truck breaks down. Here's what happens if you get a crack in your windshield. Here's how you take a day off. Here's, uh, you know, you, you got to have an operational guide for them. And it's got to be full of the 80%. It can't be, you know, a lot of people make these really huge manuals and they're full of like, well, what if this happens? Well, don't worry about that. And then put together a really, really good job posting to where, you know, my name's Tommy Mello. I own a garage door company. Usually what I start out is say, do you want a job that you can make as much as you want? That's that's that gives you benefits. You can work nights. You can work weekends. You can work mornings. You can be your own boss. And I talk about the culture and going to baseball games, going to football games, going to soccer games and what we do for fun. And how you could earn your potential and earn your goals. And, and this could be the last place you ever work. By the way, we do garage doors. Come apply today. Figure out a way. I, I see all these job postings and they say, only eligible, must be, must yeah. do this, have to be this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course you got to do a drug test and a background check. And if you're not doing that today to your employees, uh, I'm sorry, but you're making a mistake. Um, I don't care about marijuana because people are licensed here in this state to, to smoke. And I'm in about 12 other states, but 
you know, don't go, don't go to my customers' houses, my clients' houses, if, if you're on any type of uh, mind-altering substances. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's not, it's not professional. Yeah? It's like you do it, if you want to do it, do it in your own time, not in your time. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's fine with me. I just can't have it showing up to my workers. But I've learned from Al. I learned from Al to just get everything in a manual, processes, standard operating procedures, organization. And then I, uh, I learned a lot more about marketing. I got brand new trucks with brand new wraps and got them super organized. One type of truck for service, one type of truck for install. I don't have all these different things. It's all the same. It's repeat, rinse, and do it again. Rinse, repeat, do it again. Boom, boom, boom. And it's the same thing. And and now people say, how could you get 2,000 technicians? I'm like, well, we got a training with six weeks. We recruit them. Then we train them. And then we follow up with them. And then within three months, we've got amazing. Oh, yeah, the system. So you can move up. So you start as an apprentice. Then you're a junior tech. Then you're a tech. Then you're a senior tech. Then you're a field supervisor. So you got a ladder to move up in the company. I mean – I would work for myself. That's one of the questions you got to ask yourself. Is it organized? And it's not because of me. It's like I told you earlier before we started is it's, it's my team. I'm the visionary. I'm the guy that's hungry every day. I'm the one saying, how do we grow faster? How do we do this better? I'm not the guy in there doing it every day. I'm more, I'm the coach. I'm like, I'm the coach and the cheerleader at the same time going, we could do this. So I think that's, that's probably one of the most important things is just have a goal and work your butt off to get to that goal. And with, with these systems or manuals, what if you don't have them now? What would you suggest? Like, I know, I know a lot of electricians who would not have a manual in place or anything really other than their rule book. <laughs> well, you got to take a step back and you got to say, if you, let me give you a good example. We do garage door springs. You know, so we change out garage door springs on your house. So I found out when a guy came back from training that I had each training trainer taught him four different ways how to do it. So us as a company, we didn't choose a specific way. You've got a certain type of uh, wire cutters and wire strippers and certain things. And there's some ways that you'll get an electrician that's done this. That's forever. He could, he's got every trick in the book that, are dangerous to some people that never did it before. So I would make sure that you're teaching them the safest and best way and document the way that you're going to have everybody do it. You want, this is what I talk about. When I go to McDonald's, I've been to South America. I've been to China. I've been to Canada. I've been to Mexico. I go to McDonald's because I know how the burger is going to taste. It's consistency. Mm-hmm. I, I look for consistency. So I'd rather have all B players than half A players and half D players. Because you want a consistency. You want to know what to expect. Of course, you're going to have some A and B players, but it's your job to organize your company in a way to inspect what you expect. And I think that's what I learned is, is as I wrote the book, I realized you got to inspect what you expect. You got to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and, and you should let them, you should let them win when they win. You know, I got a guy that made almost $200,000 last year as a technician and he is amazing. And he followed up with all of his customers and he impressed everybody and he got great reviews. The funny thing is the guys that make the most money for me, they get the most reviews and the most testimonials. The guys that do stuff the cheapest and they don't, you know, they're very short with the customers. They don't make a ton of money for me. Usually they make 60, 70,000, which is still a lot of money, but 
they're like they're trying to be you know a minimum maximum if you put in the minimal effort the cheapest thing and just you know quick and cheap versus like putting the time and effort to develop a relationship especially with the customer uh you can charge more for starters because you've got that relationship and you don't have to you know find the next customer you've got one there's going to hire you for that or even share it with your friend if he's getting good reviews and all that that's that's awesome and sweet money for the blokes doing that and that you give them the opportunity like i don't think i've i've worked for a lot of electrical companies and there's never been one that's like hey you can earn as uh you know much as you want it's like a strict hourly rate essentially well you know what's interesting about that is i go on these facebook groups and the first thing they do is say i could run seven service calls a day because i'm that good and all these guys and i say the first hour is just building a relationship you know, you want to build a relationship with trust. I always tell the story. I'm like, you know, I went to my mom's house. Uh, she moved into a brand new house about a year and a half ago. And the first thing I did is look at the garage door parts. And I went to my shop the next day and took back all these parts. I rebuilt the whole brand new garage door, put another opener. And I said, Mom, you're not going to have any problems now for 30 years. I said, I don't feel comfortable. There's a brand new strut. I put an operator bracket, high cycle rollers, high cycle springs. And a better opener and uh my point is i believe in everything i do mm -hmm. and i'm going to take the time with the customer to make them feel like this is what i would do for my family this is what i would do if this was my mom or dad's house or my grandma's house this is i want to fix it right because i own this door now if there's any problems i want you to call me unless you know a hurricane or an earthquake or something this door is going to last just don't let your 16 year old daughter bump into it but uh <laughs> But we have fun. We laugh with the customers. I play with their dogs. I get to know them. I'm genuinely interested in them. And when you find that, you build trust. You build rapport. You could ask for referrals and references. You could get testimonials. You could post those online. I'm really good at social proof. I don't just get a five star on Yelp and Google. I ask for one on Facebook. I get a testimonial. I'll take a before and after. I have them go on next door. I have everything you can think of that counts in your area. Why not have them do all of it? Yeah, so because you build trust, your marketing like part of your marketing is in, in the referral or the like getting the customer to say, "Hey, you're you're good." So they're like confirming, like you know, you're giving good quality, and they're like, "Yes, you are a good serviceman, electrician, whatever the you know whatever the thing is." But they're confirming, and you're getting the social proof from not one person but multiple people in multiple areas. That's definitely gonna help uh, you know get that trust before you even meet the next customer. Yeah. We'll ask them, you know, you guys have any like a neighborhood blog or do you have a homeowners association or is there any type of memberships that you belong to that I that we could get involved in? And you ask for contacts, but you do it in a way that's not rude. You do it in a, a jokingly way and say, I wish I could do this for all your neighbors. They're probably going to be having the same problems you're having. And you smile, smile. And then you ask. Most technicians fail to ask the customer. It's like they're afraid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't, you know, they're the first ones to give a discount, be cheap and be the cheapest on the block. People want it done. Here's what they want. They want three things. Your clients want to do it on your timeline. They want you to come out when they want you out there. They want it done right with a really good warranty and they want it done cheap. Pick two out of the three and here's what you get because you're never going to get all three. So I chose a long time ago. I'm not going to be the cheapest. I'm going to be the best. Yeah. And I'm going to do it 24 seven. I'll come out on a Sunday at midnight if you need me to. Yeah, for sure. That you charge accordingly. Like, and that's the, it also, if you're making more money, like 
it's it's kind of less stress if a crisis happens because you can save you know put away and have reserves so oh no job i'm basically bankrupt like the next day here's what you do take how take a crazy price like the maximum you want to charge mm -hmm. just say man this is a high price and then add 20 percent to that and that's what you should be charging okay you need to drive nice trucks. You need to have a good CRM. You need to be able to afford marketing. You need to be able to afford insurance for your employees and give them paid time off and do nice things and take them to restaurants and be able to take them bowling. And when you could do nice things for people, you'll find you don't have to spend as much on recruiting. Word of mouth travels faster and the money you charge is actually a bargain for the service you deliver. So you you try and over you over deliver like the service whatever like irrelevant of the price you over deliver essentially. Yeah? Price is relative. Prices. Have you ever gone to a really really nice dinner? I spent three hundred dollars. I mean, with a little bottle of wine. You know, three hundred dollars. Well, I could get the same meal at McDonald's to feed two people for around twelve bucks. Yeah. But people still go for the experience. They want to know that the person coming into their home is safe. That they can trust them around their family. That they've got a personality that they're gonna this company's gonna be there if this goes wrong again and I, I a lot of times when I used to walk out of garages they say what else do you do and I would just mail it you know this is all we do right now but if you need a referral I've got a lot of friends in different industries but it was a pleasure to meet you and then I clean everything up in front of them I put a sticker to where they know where it is and I smile I say is there anything else I could help you with can I move anything around in here for you and they go, oh my gosh, when I call them on my way there, I say, hey, Tommy Mello here with A1 Garage Door Service. I'm stopping by 7-Eleven or the gas station to, to get something to drink. I'm gonna grab a Gatorade. Can I get you anything on the way? And they go. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, people say yes. Do that. That's awesome. <laughs> but it builds rapport. They don't expect to hear that from anybody. Mm -hmm. And then on that though, if you're if you're charging more money, you can also have time to do that because you don't have to run from job to job to job to job as quickly as possible. You can do these little extra things which mean all the difference and show you care to to your customers. Yeah. So you know, I've got a guide that a guy gave me from Australia and he uh he's in Sydney and uh he basically showed me with with the time you gotta go to get the van and the drive time and the time you spend on the phone with the dispatchers then holidays and everything else. You got to charge three to $500 an hour in labor to be profitable. I'm sorry, but that's that's not fake. You got to pay for insurance. You got to pay for your office. You got to pay for the owner's got to make money. You know, even if you only want to make 60 grand a year. The problem is nobody thinks about this stuff. They go, well, I'm not going to have an office. I'm not going to drive a nice car. I don't need a CRM. You know what I hear about service tight all the time? I've got four windows open. I got the screen over here is I hear that it's too expensive for most people. And I'm like, that's a bunch of crap. I'm like, it's less than 1% of my revenue. The whole thing that runs the company. Um, so I just hate the people. A lot of people say, oh, we can't charge those prices. How do you sleep at night? You know how I sleep in a brand new mattress. It's a Tempur-Pedic. It's beautiful. I got brand new pillows. I sleep like a baby and the yeah. clients know I'm not the cheapest but they still pay because they want you, they want your service. They, you've set that expectation um, and you can charge accordingly, which uh, like and in some of the Facebook groups, like, you know, there's like electricians having a joke about downlights and like, oh, this, you know, the next cheapest downlight person, you know, it's like $30 when, you sh when, when other industries are charging or other people are charging 180, you know, so there's a huge price gap between the prices and it's just, you know, a running joke, but 
you know, if you want the service, you pay for pay higher money. And again, but then I guess also you're not after every customer. Have you got a customer in mind who is your customer? Yeah, well, you do what's called regression testing and you, you take your database and you start looking at is it male or female? How old are they? What's their average credit score? What kind of home do they live in? Is there anything specific? I can find out how much equity they have in their house. I can find out if they can pre, get pre-approval for financing. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you got to figure out who your avatar, your perfect customer is. Um, you know, I, I can tell you this. Who's the most expensive electric company in, in your area? Just what's the name of it? Just give me a, give me a random name. Um, let's like, we'll go with, um, I don't know, Jim's electrical. So okay. So Jim's electrical. Who's, they're the most expensive. Who's the biggest? Mo- mostly always the, mm-hmm. the two are the same. Yeah, I would actually agree to that. I don't know if they're the biggest. I haven't, you know, looked up that, but I would argue they're everywhere. Like you see their vans and you see. They're one those. of the largest and they're the most expensive because they got to pay for that billboard. They got to pay. But you know what else they pay for? Driver's training. You know what else they pay for? They pay to give drug tests. They pay to give further education. And to have somebody that appreciates where they work so they're happier. You know, I buy my guys flowers. I I say, you guys, buy your wife's flowers and bring me the receipt. I do this once or twice a year. And people are like, why would you do that? Who cares? Because if they buy a happy wife is a happy life. That means they're going to be much better to my clients. And they go... Some of them get in trouble. They go, my wife's wondering why I bought her flowers. <laughs> like, what did I do bad? But it, we, we have a joke about it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, these guys feel so good when they do that. Mm-hmm. And I say, it's the best $20 I've ever spent on them. To, yeah. to, because, man, you know, the wife just says, wow, this is pretty cool. So. No, I've, and for just from talking to you, it's like you're passionate about your customers, but not only your customers, your, your employees or the people that work for you. You're like, what can I do to help them serve them type of um, mentality? Well, you know, here's one trick I've learned, too, is it's called with them. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. If you can think about what's in it for that other person, I flip that. I say, what's in it for them? If you can give a reason for them to want to follow you, want to follow you. Alexander Great said um, he's not a worried. He's not worried at all by a group of lions led by a sheep. He's worried about a group of sheep led by a lion. And I know that's a tough analogy to equate to this, but if you really care about your people and you're hungry and they see you and you're you're pumped and you're always motivating them. And if you're not, you don't need to be on the stage like I do. I find somebody else. If you're a CFO that wants to own a business and you're just more into the books, you're on the back end of the business instead of the front end, then just find somebody with the tenacity and the, you know, the pump to do that. And I'm not saying you can be this way, but you know, you can have a lot of passion and still be shy and be quiet. I'm Mm -hmm. just, I'm just not. (laughs) But every, I guess everyone leads in their own way. You know, some are are louder than others and that's, that's cool. So next question, what, what is your goal? Um, I suppose you're going to a long-term goal. What about a a shorter term and, and what gets you fired up about it type of thing? So my goal is to get to 60 technicians recruited a month. That's what that's my goal this year. Okay. So marketing is recruiting. A lot of people tell me this. They they hire when they absolutely freaking need somebody. 
They hire only when they need somebody, and now they're like they're desperate. They're looking for the first good thing that walks in. Hey, the guy's got a nice smile. He's he's hired, and it's like you just you forget about the the process in which you go to do your hiring. So I say always be recruiting. People say always be closing. I say always be recruiting. And what I'm looking for is 500 applicants per day for just my technician role. That's my plan. And out of that. 500 times, let's just say 20, because that's not going to happen on every single day. I'm just give away weekends. So so that's what, 10,000? So out of 10,000, I want to choose 60. And I've got a lot of ways to filter that out because mm-hmm. 500 a times 20. So I'm doing predictive index. I'm doing this, uh, this cognitive learning capability test. I'm doing three interviews. But I'm creating a system to where they come and apply. It opens up something like a Zoom meeting. And they have a quick interview to answer five questions. So I can go through there, my recruiters, and say, okay, this guy sounds great. He answered the questions well. Or hold on, this guy's got 18 rings in his face, and he's not going to look good to my customers. And, I, you know, I, I'm not profiling, but there's certain things. you got to go up and down a ladder. You can't be 800 pounds. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. Um, I tend to hire younger because um, – it's tough. It's a tough work. I mean, you get 45, 50 years old. I'm 37. I don't like to be it's 110 degrees here in Phoenix, Arizona. So, so that's the, but the big thing I'm looking for is 60 really qualified technicians. Then I fly them to Phoenix. They finish about a one month apprentice. I fly them into Phoenix. We've got apartments. I have their trucks. I have their shirts. They're pressed. I have their iPad. Everything's sitting for them. I have their favorite beer in the fridge if they like beer. We're going to do something fun the first day. There's a fun activity every single week. They get to know the management. We go putt-putt golf. We take them to – it's just – and we have the time of our lives. And at 60 people a month, that's 720 people a year. That's just technicians. So it gets me to my goal. Remember 2000, and it's it's way less than that now. But it gets me there in under three years. So that's how I came up with that number, and that's what we're working towards. Cool, but you got a bigger goal. You got the, the kind of the yearly goal that works you towards that, and you right. sound on top of it. Yeah, you've got it all kind of stitched out, and you can. I guess uh, there's a lot of people I found don't measure. You know, they have a goal like I want to make a billion dollars, whatever, but they're not. They've got nothing in place to get there. They've got no money. Mu- no way. They have a lot of dreams and a lot of wants. Mm-hmm. See, I don't even know what I would do with the money. See, everybody knows what they're going to do with the money. They got all these houses picked out and these boats. I don't even know. I've just figured out I get to this number. Life's got to be pretty good. And you know what? That's what's nice. I'm still always going to be frugal. I think I could do a lot to help human beings, mankind in general. I think I I really look up to Elon Musk and and Richard Branson, you know, people that really give back to humanity. And I want to become one day a philanthropist that does really, really great things. And like I said, if I could do it, why wouldn't I do it? Yeah, for sure. That's that's also a you know it's, it's bigger than the money you know there's there's got to like I, there's got to be something bigger in it than money money comes and goes but you can only buy so much and then you're bored you know there's got to be a bigger vision a bigger purpose to the why you're doing the thing that you, you know, we're all doing um, no that's cool so what issues did you run into when you're running like your bit now or I know when you went from startup to you know where you are now. What, what's what's some issues or some major issues kind of that you ran into? Do you have questions about your marketing? 
you want to know how to build a sales funnel for your electrical business, well, come join us in the Facebook group, Marketing Secrets for Electricians, and you can get your question answered there, and we can work together to help you build a electrical sales funnel for your business that produces leads and sales on autopilot. That's the goal. Come join in, and let's make it happen. Thank you.